when I'm in a moment where I'm dialed bad and I want to revert back to like the way I used to handle things, I remember, wait a minute. Okay. This is a moment to have faith. And then, and just even in knowing that it's a little encouraging, like, okay, like this is time for me to be about what us as believers in Christ are about. This is my moment. What am, how am I going to move? All right. So welcome to the Get Into The Truth podcast, where in a world full of noise, it's so important that we all have a truth to stand on. With that being said, uh, this is a very special episode. You know what I mean? We, we got my man, uh, Justin Smith, Esquire. You know what I mean? Good friend uh, that, you know, went to school together, Howard. And uh, yeah, so there's a couple of things we wanted to talk about today. So, I mean, I mean, we might as well just get it straight into it. Yeah, let's get into it. It's always good to be back. Okay. All right, so we were talking before this, right? And there's a couple of things that we wanted to highlight. So, like, first and foremost, I definitely wanted to highlight just, like, um, with you being a lawyer and everything, you have um, the Old Testament and you have the New Testament, right? In the Old Testament, they had what's called the law, right? And that's so, just the Ten Commandments, or is that... So, technically, the law encompasses more things. So, the law, is, so the law began with the Ten Commandments, right? So, um, basically, God's people, the Israelites, were, of course, um, enslaved in Egypt. After coming out of Egypt, they were on their way to the Promised Land. On the way to the Promised Land, in the process of doing that, Moses, of course, has a moment with God where he then receives the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, you already know, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal. Typical. My thing when I hear these, right, they are our Ten Commandments. But I think one thing I always was told that God sees every sin the same, right? So don't pass, you know, I think my, you know, you hear don't pass judgment on someone because you, your sin of lying or your sin of going behind someone's back, that might seem like a little white lie. Is the same sin as that person who might have committed armed burglary or robbery or murder or something of that nature. Is what distinguishes the Ten Commandments from any other? And see, and this is kind of where like my um the real what I really want to this kind of leads us into like what I really want to talk about. So like the Bible's interesting in that the whole story in the like in like from beginning to end is a story of basically God's people continuously failing to like meet God's laws. Like um, they would try their hardest and fail. They would try 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 and fail. And like basically what the law, what the rules proved is that it's impossible for anybody to perfectly uphold God's laws. In the Bible, it says, yeah, so it's literally impossible. And the Bible says, like, the most righteous man on earth is like filthy rags in comparison to what God calls true righteousness, right? That's deep. So, so like, the writer of the Bible, like Paul, um, literally said, and he wrote a majority of, like, the Bible, right? Literally said he's pushing towards the mark and he's, he hasn't even gotten there. You know what I mean? So, like, if the writer of the Bible himself literally is saying, like, I, I haven't got to that point of like perfection yet either. You know what I mean? So like the Bible is a book of basically saying like, you want to, you want to pursue like fulfilling God's like laws with perfection, with excellence, but you're never going to be able to. So it's like, it's a two parted thing. Like you're not just because you're not perfect doesn't mean you ignore it. You still try to do it, but at the same time, you're never going to be perfect. Right. So like with that being said, before Jesus died on the cross, before Jesus died, before Jesus ever came, 
in order to be in good standing with God, you had to basically like perform like sacrifices and do certain things that would basically get you in good standing with God. It was like almost like a lot of, for lack of a better word, like rituals and specific from a lawyer's perspective, procedural things that you have to do in order to repent. And through Christ, we're already forgiven. So it's kind of just, you know, asking for forgiveness, but it's really not any formal procedure, you know, to go about it. Exactly. And um, like, uh, so, okay. So, yeah, so exactly. So if you look at it, like Jesus in the Bible, what it says is he um, made the law perfect. So by Jesus dying on the cross, we now have the opportunity to be righteous through our faith, through believing. We now have the opportunity to receive that righteousness through what they call what grace. Basically, we don't deserve to be righteous, but we're righteous just for, through faith. But okay, so this is what I say then, right? So I watched. So I watched a show yesterday called Soft White Underbelly on YouTube. And this homeless crack, well, he's not homeless. This guy who's a crack addict, kind of on and off, like Skid Row, living in the streets. Sometimes, you know, he has housing. He was obviously living an unrighteous life, you know, like, but he was very God-fearing. And he talked about his relationship with God. And if he's clearly living his lifestyle wrong every day, but he just knows he's doing the wrong thing. Is that just okay? Can we just live our life and be like, I know I'm supposed to be living better, but I don't do it? Well, so, like, and that's where it's like, um, when you have a true relationship with God, and you're, you're really going to try to do it, and in really trying to do it, you're going to fail, but you know within yourself if you're, like, genuinely, like, pers- like trying. So, like, I look at it like if you have a real relationship with God, there's no way that you won't get better with time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it may take a while to, to get out of something, but eventually you're going to get out of it. Even this dude you're talking about, it, was he on the crack by the time you was listening to the video? No, he still goes back and forth. He was, just <laughs> like a, he was a very educated dude, and you could tell that, um, you know, he wasn't, like, born into poverty, but he just had struggled with his addiction. Yeah. So basically, like, I think that it's important to note that, and this is where you kind of find, like, it's like, there's like, we're not called to be the judge on that. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But what we do know is that it's through faith that we're saved. It's not through works. And the Bible literally says, um, so that no nobody can brag, so that no man can boast. This is not about how perfect you can be. This is about how much your ability to believe your ability to have faith that's what this is like that's what that's what buys you in having faith in the fact that jesus died for you on the cross now when like and sometimes what you can hear it's like yo like all right if um if i just have to have faith then why would i even try to you know um do anything right i'm just gonna do everything wrong and have faith but if you really do have faith you're going to get better with time because you have a genuine relationship with God and your understanding of um, how um, 
God's principles works slowly unfolds as you kind of like push into your relationship with God, where you start to realize, like, if you have faith, you, you understand, hey, God's, com- God's commands of don't do this, don't do that are really in your best interest. They're not laws that are, tr- are put in place to kind of hold you back, but they're laws to put in that are put in place so that you can become a, the best version of yourself. But if you think about it, so like, all right, so I'll start here. God actually said that, um, like when Jesus came, he actually said that um, per, the most important rule of the law, the, the, uh, a rule of the law that encompasses every rule is love God like you, um, with all your heart and love your neighbor like you love yourself. And in doing that, the law is made complete. So by you having a heart posture of, you know what, I'm going to put God first. I'm going to love him. I'm going to um, pursue God with, all, with everything I got. And I'm going to love everybody around me with everything I got. You're now fulfilling the law. Yeah. But as an adult, most adults are trying to be nice, you know, helpful people. You know, everyone's trying to make an honest living, use typically, and, you know, be nice at least to their, their loved ones, right? So it kind of almost seems like, hey, I, What's the difference from me just being a good person and being a Christian? No, and to be honest, I think that's really, that's, you're really hitting on what inspired me to kind of even for us to sit down because I think right now, like your non-believers, right, are looking at being a Christian and are, are having a difficult time understanding what difference does being a believer in Christ really make? You know what I mean? And I think that like, um, it's important to highlight the fact that being a believer in Christ is not about just not doing like not sinning it's not about just not sinning like god didn't put us on this earth to avoid sinning and die there's things that we're we're called to do and i think that um it's sometimes hard to see the difference because if we're being honest a lot of us don't do the things that god actually called us to actually do so it's hard to see the difference between just a a person with a like just like your everyday person and a christian because what happens a lot is you see people they go to church they'll um you know what i mean like they'll do the traditions the traditional things the ritualistic things of being a believer in christ i go to church i read my bible my bible verse every morning but when the time for application comes it's not applied like if you think about it if you were saved at the age of 18 right if you like uh found jesus at 18 from that point on your soul is saved from that point on, you're going to heaven unless you decide to like disown God. You, because you have faith in the fact that Jesus is your personal savior, you're going to heaven. But you have 18 years of living life a certain way. You have 18 years of like living life without God. So anything that you've done for such a long period of time is going to take an, like a conscious effort to like do differently. And I think what happens a lot is like we go to church, we hear a pastor say have faith, we hear a pastor say certain things that like we're supposed to do as Christians. But if we're being honest, the real life application, when like we're actually, we're in real moments where we need to apply that information, we don't do it, and like we revert back to our old habits. You know what I mean? And like I think like that's why like there's okay, so like there's three things that I think are like super important that like we have to do as believers in Christ that like seem easy but if you really are being honest with yourself sometimes we don't do right so the first thing i think that like we're supposed to be doing as believers in christ that we don't do is have faith 
Like we say, oh, oh yeah, like I have faith. Yeah, but it's like, okay, I'll talk about myself, right? So like for a long period of my life, I would say I had faith. I would say, you know what, I'm a believer. And, I, and there was a certain level of faith there, of course, I believed. But at the end of the day, I realized that my level of faith was very low. And I realized that in, when I assessed like myself and like throughout the diff- various different seasons of my life, right? So like when I was in a, like if I were in a situation where like life was going the way I wanted it to go, I, I, bro, I have a positive attitude, upbeat, upbeat, great person to be around. Because, of course, things are going my way. If I'm in a situation where, okay, like things aren't necessarily going my way, but I can see how they would work out. Like, okay, I don't like my job, but I can see, like, I, but I got some job interviews set up and I'm like, I can kind of see how things would work out. I'd also kind of have somewhat of an upbeat mood and an upbeat, like, personality, a positive person to be around. And in those moments, I would be under the illusion that I had faith. But if I'm being realistic, I'm just doing what everybody in the world does. Everybody in the world literally uh, is like optimistic when they can see how things would work out. But the Bible, see, but the Bible defines faith as um, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So when you really look at that for like, like what it really is, that when you have faith, you're somebody who where if you're in a situation where you don't like where you're at, and you're in a situation where you don't know how you're going to get out of it. You're just down bad. You, when you have faith, you still have the ability to have like an upbeat, like positive perspective on life because you know that God got you. And that's a great point. And I think a good example is you, you, you should almost be curious to how God's going to work you through it. And I think that would be really a good mindset for people to walk through. Like, when you're down bad, and or it doesn't have to be down bad. It could just be in a situation that you don't want to be in. You don't like your job, or you 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 don't like where you where you're living, or you don't like your social life, and there really looks like there are no options. I think we should find joy in knowing that God already fixed this, and let's see, let's just keep doing, keep working on our relationship with God, and just see how He fixes it. And be excited to watch how he's going to fix it. Because I think that's something I have even mastered that. And I think you see um, people whose faith is really strong. Like my aunt. It's like she'd be like, damn. I, I, I done been down 100 bands before. And, and bounce back. <laughs> Let's see what he's going to do with this little 50. How about he get this down 50 and bounce back tomorrow? Exactly, though. And see, like, but if we're being honest, that's back to my example of, like, um, you being saved at the age of 18 and having to undo so much. I think that, if, like, when you get into those actual moments, like, when you're in the moment where you're down bad, what we're talking about is way more easily said than done. And what's helped me in those situations is, first and foremost, just being able to identify that moment. Like, like when, when you're in a moment where you're down bad and you, and you want, and I want to revert when like when I'm in a moment where I'm down bad and I want to revert back to like the way I used to handle things, I remember, wait a minute. Okay. This is a moment to have faith. And then, and just even in knowing that it's a little encouraging, like, okay, like I, this is time for me to be about what us as believers in Christ are about. This is my moment. What am, how am I going to move? That That's actually <laughs> exciting to think about because in my dating life per se right if i felt like a girl something happened and i felt like a girl might have hurt me for lack of better words or a girl <laughs> you feel me did me in a way that caused us to go separate ways 
old me just goes back to just being Mr. Social and entertaining. Mr. Social. Entertaining <laughs> multiple girls without any any interest in any real future, but just having fun with a lot of friends. Broken down like a true lawyer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> having fun with a lot of friends is what we're going to call it, right? Okay, all right, all right. But I think something that I think uh, I've been trying to, you know, change my mindset on is with how about this time you always hear people say work on their self and you're like bro i'm cool i know myself like ain't, ain't much to work on let me just go back to the streets see what the streets got to offer but now as an older and more mature person i'm like i think i know myself let me work on myself even though i don't know if there's too much work to do in that category mm-hmm. but just try it god's way and see if there's new results and I think that's also just the, the mysterious aspect that you should have a little bit of fun with because it, it, it's really just like, okay, let's do it God's way and see what he says. Because what you might, you might be doing it your way. And like you said, it doesn't really mean you're being a bad person, but you just know you're not doing God's way. No, and to, but to be honest, though, I think that you're hitting on a good point of just the fact that like, see, when you have faith in God, you have faith in God's way, right? Mm-hmm. And you're able to then like approach your situations with a from a perspective of like optimism that would allow you to make those sacrificial choices um, with confidence, right? So like uh, using your dating example, if um, if you didn't necessarily have faith in God, right? Like like that, like if your faith in God was kind of low and, and 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 you were and you just like got out of a breakup, you may not have the uh, confidence or in God enough to say to make the decision to say you know what I'm a I'm gonna avoid the streets and I'm gonna really do things God's way. But when your faith is low, you are now reverting to like wanting to be able to like like uh, do things your way. I think that it also applies itself with like um, things like even like procrastination. Like, um, if I were to tell you today, if I were to tell you right now, like, yo, like if you were to, um, work out for the next six months, you will get the woman of your, the, 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 the baddest, the woman of your dreams. Or if I told you, you know what, like you, you, um, you get this certificate. I mean, you already lawyer or whatever, but if you got, if you get this certificate, you get, uh, this degree or whatever, you'll have a million dollar career the moment you're done. You would approach those opportunities with a level of vigor because there's a a guaranteed contractual promise on the other side of that that um that that work. But when you don't necessarily know, and with faith you don't know, right? So when you when you when you're moving through faith and your faith is low, you can get to a point where it's like dang, I'm not going to really put that work in like that because if you're being honest, you don't really believe that um the like benefits of your work you'll see the you'll see the benefits of your work and like if you so like so but if you look in the okay so like if you look in the bible right like um the bible has like chronological stories right you have the story of adam and eve you have the story of um cain and abel you have the story of noah you have the story of moses you got the story of joshua you got the story of um david the story of samson right and in hebrews the bible actually explains how all of these stories, which are monumental moments, Moses literally split in the sea. All of these moments required faith, right? And they wouldn't have happened without it. So, like the stories that moved the the the, um, the moments that moved the Bible along, all had that missing piece of faith. And I think sometimes when we're not where we want to be in life, 
it's really there's really like it's really the faith that could make the difference between you from where you are and where God wants you to be. And like a lot, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's subtle. It's subtle. Like, it's like, yeah, we say we have faith, but okay. Like if I told you right now, if I said like, yo, like, all right, like in, 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 in three months, you'll have a million dollars. If I told you that your whole mood today will be like, it's lit. You will be skipping through the streets. You'll be a way more, like positive person to be around if I'm telling you, yo, you're getting the billion and in and, and, and two months because you know that like there's blessings coming. And that's how God wants us to move without like necessarily knowing, but by faith and knowing tangibly without knowing, we, ta- without being is, able to see it. Yes. Without yeah, being able to see, see it. it. And that, that that's a good point. I think when you really think about it, a lot of people, have faith to some degree yeah right people struggle with a lack of control right because if you know for a fact that you want to travel right Mm -hmm. and you know you don't really have a job to pay for traveling you will find a way to budget so you could eventually travel right yeah so it's somewhat in your control whether you can travel right but if someone said there's only 10 golden tickets to 10 golden <laughs> tickets, you just got to have faith. And, and that faith, that lack of control or control shouldn't exactly. and that's, have, and that, and have, affect your mood. And back to your original point, that's what I'm saying. So it's like when you're not, so like if, if you put yourself in a non-believer's shoes, it's like, uh, what's the difference? Well, like if, if you're looking at, if you're looking at somebody who doesn't believe, right? who doesn't have that much faith and you look at somebody who's just like a positive person, positive person, right? You, you could easily kind of be like, I don't see the difference that it makes. And that's why it's like, there's, there's a level of like, there's, there's, there's another level that I think a lot of us could take it to my, could take it myself included where like we take, like we take our faith to that level where it's something where it's like, yo, like if you're a non-believer, I want, to be able to like look at life the way you look at life. You know what I mean? I think as believers, that's what that's the type of like people we're supposed to be that we we're inspiring just through the way we who we are. You're like, man, like I'm seeing this person, he, he down bad. He at the table, he at the restaurant, he he only got the water, he can't even get the food, but he cracking the, the most jokes at the table. Like, you know what I mean? Like he he got the he got the positive attitude. I feel like that's like like the type of perspective. That's how that's who we should be. You know what I mean? And, and, and like, I think that like, there's a couple things that like, um, also kind of helped me out too. Like, to, and I'll move on to my next thing that we got to do as Christians, but questions. I don't want to cut you off. I always think of this story in the Bible, right? Especially when I'm like praying hard for something that I've already asked God for. And it's just probably, you're probably just repeating yourself mm-hmm. you're praying for this for six months. Okay. Right. I always think about that when Jesus, I think Jesus walked on water and he, and in the storm, they were in the storm, yeah, and yeah. they walked on water. And he said, "Do you lack any?" He lacks faith. Do you not? He was like angry at them for not having faith, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, does God get angry at us for our low level or lack of faith? I think that it's like, it's like um, I would probably compare it to like a uh, father 
who like really wants their, their kid to be successful in life, knows what their kid needs to do, but they just can't do it for them. Like, I feel like it's not like he's angry, like, like, just let me punish you. I think it's more like, I really want you to win, bro. Which, like, believe, you know what I mean? Instead of, you know what I mean? And I think like, that's a place of love. Like, if you really love somebody, like, you're going to want them to make the right choices. You're going to want them to kind of win. And, I, and he knows that's what it takes. It takes the faith. So he's like, yo, come on, man. You, 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 a little faith. Like, come on, accept the faith, though. You feel me? I think it's, I think it's like that. I don't think it's like he's angry per se, but, um, yeah, like, I mean, and you know, we, we all gonna fall short though. Like at the end of the day. And I just kind of keep before we transition to the next topic. Does having faith mean that you should pray about something once? And give it to God and not pray on that specific subject matter daily. So, no, like, and see, like, there's no, like, um, because they always say, like, claim it. God's handled it, claim it. Why you keep asking for God to do this over and over and over? You already handed it to Him. Well, so, I mean, I think that it's like, um, for one, God is like, and somebody who we can always talk to. You know what I mean? Like, um, if like if you want to talk to God about the same thing 50 times a day, like you can do that. Like I've been stressed out and like you're like, yo, like, God, please, please get, get me out of this. Get me out of this. It's nothing wrong with repeat, like repeatedly making that request. I think what you're saying, though, is um, more so in regards to like um, praying for specific things and like um, wondering, thanks, I keep praying for the specific thing. Like, like if I'm saying like, okay, like I want to be like, um, I want to, let's say like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, I want to get a PS5 and I'm like, all right. So like, God, please, I need this PS5. God, please. I need this PS5. Right. That's a bad example, but you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And like, so I'm praying for this specific thing. And I think that like, it gets weird and it's like, dang, like, um, I know like you could pray for a specific thing and like. Uh, claim it right mm -hmm. but what if like what if that's not what God has for me and like I think that like back and forth is interesting in, in that like sometimes it, it can make you feel like you don't have faith but see that doesn't mean you don't have faith it just it just means you're human and you don't know what God ultimately has in mind and there's going to be times if we're being real where you pray for something specific and that specific thing is not what God had in mind but See, when you trust God, you know that he has better. You know what I mean? And I can, we all been in those situations where it's like, yo, God, I really need this. You didn't get it. But then time went by and you're like, oh, wait, I got something way better than, than that specific thing I was praying for anyway. So like, you know, like, it's like, if you want to claim it, claim it. But always leave room for God to be God. Because we're not God. That's true. And I think like, I don't know, I feel like there's some, like, something else that kind of like really uh, helped me with this faith thing is just understanding that like um, faith, having faith is a decision. Like there's a difference between um, knowing something and having faith for something. And I think like just sometimes like when you kind of like condemn yourself, like, man, like I don't got enough faith. I used to do that because I didn't know something. But somebody said, and it really helped me out a lot, that the presence of doubt doesn't mean the absence of faith. Faith is the substance of things that you hope for. 
So you can be hoping for something, but also not know if it's going to happen or not. And that's okay. And, and see, when you look at it like that, it really highlights the fact that it's a decision. You just got to decide, you know what? I'm going to have faith. I, I'm having faith that my, he who started a good work in me is going to finish it. Like, it's going to work out. I don't know how. I know who. It is what it is. You know what I mean? And, like, I think, like, I don't know. Like, that. it's, it's, just, it's easier said than done. And I think that, like, we'd be, we wouldn't be doing it, anybody who's listening to this podcast justice without explaining how you get faith, right? So, like, it's important to realize, like, you don't get faith through just, like, closing your eyes, like, I got to believe, I got to, no, it's like you get faith from saying, from, it, it, Bible outlines it, it says, faith coming through hearing the word of God. So, like, if you feel like your faith is low, you got to put yourself in situations where you can hear the word of God. You can get direct to it, read the Bible, hear the word of God, straight up, just read the Bible. That's why people go to church, because church is a regular set up situation for you to consistently hear the word of God and consistently be building on your faith. You could listen to podcasts. You could stream it online. You could uh, join a Bible study. You could have friends who are consistent, who have a relationship with God too, who consistently pour into you. But you got to do something where you're hearing the word of God consistently, especially today where there's so many other things that we're hearing. You know what I mean? Like whether you like it or not, you're going just, just with you hopping on the ground, you're going to be thrown all these different perspectives on, on so many different things. So, so as believers, we got to make sure to make the conscious effort to hear the word of God, because that's really where the faith comes from. You can't muscle it. You can't just muscle it. Like you, you, you got to be conscious enough to make the right decisions. And that's kind of, so, yeah, like, I just think like, you got to understand like, bro, it's just, it's, it's, it's an active thing. Like you can't be a, a casual Christian. It's not going to work. Your, your soul will be saved. But in 2021, it's not, it's not gonna work. Yeah, I think it's I think it's easier said than done. Oh, 100 percent though. Because being a casual Christian is very easy for someone who feels like their life is in order. Because if someone feels like they really don't have purpose and they just like just trying to maintain, you know, keep a job, keep a solid roof over their head, have a family be there for them and they don't really have any greater purpose except, you know, fulfill their duties and as a, and responsibilities, then it's just easy to really much be this just casual Christian. Right. And you don't really have that transformational faith or that transformation in your walk with God, unless you see some random setback that you couldn't see coming. And now you, left to rely on God. But when you're always in like a state of comf comfort, you uh, it's hard to have that, um, like we say, that strong transformational faith. But I think purpose, which is like knowing that you're fighting for something that is like in your heart and truly not something that's of man. It's something that's really in your heart that gives you joy and fulfills you. You kind of have to rely on God because it's not just a tangible thing. It's a, something that brings you peace, something that, you know, brings you contentment. And that's why I think it's just people have to kind of push themselves out of their comfort zones to really grow their faith.
to find your purpose. 100%. Because, especially for like people that kind of were born into a family where they knew Christ, you know, they their parents weren't like too overbearing. They went to church every Sunday, you know. They had positive relationships with church and a message. And they just know like, yeah, I pray before my meals. I make sure my kids pray at night. Um, you know, we understand the meaning of Easter or Christmas, right? And those are really like casual things. And yeah, that person's going to heaven, but to really live out your purpose, I think you really have to challenge yourself because everybody's dealt different hands. Like some people challenges find them and they got to go find God because challenges find them for others. They're just dealt a different hand in life. And it's, it's hard to find yourself in a comfortable situation um, when you have a God purpose because God purposes always highlight the fact that if you're alive still, like there's people who need you to walk out your gift. There's people who need you and your gift who, who are alive today. And if you care, of, and, if, and if as Christians we love, as Christians we care about people, and it with in knowing that the world kind of needs what you have to give, you then approach it from a place of excellence. And in order to do that, you're going to need faith to get it done. That's real. That's real. I think, like you said, you need faith and I think you need purpose. But I think what we could talk about purpose all day. But I think what's interesting about purpose is in this society that we live in nowadays, which is like. Minimum wage will not afford you a one-bedroom apartment anywhere in the United States, right? Everybody's purpose seems like it's attached to money, right? Everybody's purpose seems like it's somewhat attached to money. And, right? And it might be in the, it might not be a form of money, like money by any means necessary, like, but it might be like in the form of like a career or the, you know, the form of like some type of asset. And it's like, how do you differentiate a goal from your purpose at that point? Wait, what you mean though? Like, because is your purpose really just getting money? Well, no, see, and so, okay. Like even the Bible says like that money's important, right? So like everybody needs money. And I think like, of course there's like, we, like we, we're going to get into so many different episodes where we talk about purpose, but like, you and see, uh, this is actually a good point because we're we're kind of touching on once again the difference. Everybody wants like to do something that's fulfilling. Most people, whether you're a believer in Christ or whether you're not, right? And the difference between being a believer in Christ and just being just someone out here is that like your purpose isn't ruled by the need to make money. It's ruled by um, like following God's guidance. And sometimes that could mean making a decision that in the, that that could potentially get you less money or may appear to be less financially beneficial. But you're being, but because you're driven by God's guidance instead of being driven by um, like the need to make money, then you find yourself like uh, making what really are purpose-driven decisions. Like at the end of the day, providing is like is a certain like it, it purpose encompasses the need to provide you know what i mean we're men 
You know what I mean? We're, we're going to have families. There's going to be, there's a part of our purpose will be to provide. You know what I mean? So making money is part of it, but it's not what rules what we, what we got going on. You see what I'm saying? And I think that like, yeah, I just think that like, uh, that's the, one of the differences. Like you can tell when you meet people, you can tell what they're like fueled by, you know, when someone's fueled by clout, you know, when somebody's fueled by, um, like just like being popular, you know, when somebody's fueled by making money, you know, when somebody's fueled by being loved by everybody around them, you can, and as believers, we need to be fueled by following God's guidance and, um, like, uh, living a life of love. You know what I mean? And I think that's, and so that's the last point, right? So like, I think the three things that we got to do as believers, like, of course, instead of just not doing things is one, like you just said, walking out your purpose. Like we're, you're born for a reason. You have a gift that the world needs Two, um, having faith, living a life of faith and three love. Right. So the, so the difference in purpose, right. Is that we're fueled by, uh, what God wants us to do versus what, um, like just by being like, everybody has a God, right. And like your God needs to be God and not anything of the world purpose. That's the difference that it makes the difference in, um, with like, uh, faith is the fact that we have faith when we, we can't see any, how it work out because we, we have a God that we can trust. Now, love, right? Love is important because everybody's like, are like, um, everybody agrees like the importance of love. But I think the difference with being a Christian is the fact that like, we love when we're not loved. See, like, it's easy. Everybody, the Bible even says everybody loves when they're loved. Everybody's nice when people are nice to them. See, this is an interesting, interesting point, right? Because they say love when you're not loved, right? Mm-hmm. Someone truly does you wrong. Like, objectively does something that is borderline evil, does you wrong, right? Okay, okay, okay. So you're not going to be around them, right? But you still say, I still love that person. Do you really even love that person? Or you just don't hate that person? Well. You're just like, I, 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 I'm... You can say I don't hate that person because I don't let what they do make me seek out revenge or make me be bitter every day. But do you love that person? No, you just are not bitter and revenge fueled. Well, okay. So first off, this is one of these things that's like more easier said than done. Of course, like all of these things. And that's why you don't see it a lot. But if we're using this example, right? Like there is a difference. Like, okay, I'll explain. I've been wronged by somebody, right? Like you said, borderline evil, something crazy, something terrible, right? Now, in that situation, right, I now have the opportunity to, like, technically be evil back. We can't oversee that. Yeah, like, te- like I-, I could legitimately say, because you wronged me, I'm going to wrong you back. You back my job, back at yours. Exactly, you know what I mean? Like, like literally, like... Um, responding to evil with evil. So like as believers in Christ, we have the opportunity to not do that. And on a lower level, somebody cusses you out. You have an opportunity to cuss them right back. Or you have an opportunity to say, you know what, like... You got it and walk away. You got it, exactly. But is that love? Or is that like kind of having peace with yourself? Like love isn't being stupid though. So like, for instance, like if if I've been wronged, right? Like um, if I like... This is simple. Something we both, neither of us have exp- experienced. We're fortunate, right? 
But if somebody <laughs> cheats on you, okay, right, all right, okay, right, you could. You cheat. talking about like in a relationship? Yeah. Okay. You, you can cheat back, which is probably the worst thing, right? But most people don't. Most well, some people cheat back. Um, you know, some people will like cuss the person out, disrespect them, call them, you know, out of their name, right? And others will just break up with that person and part ways with them, right? Mm-hmm. When you break up with someone, right, you could go on through life having resentment towards that person. If you resent that person as you go on through life, in my opinion, you don't love that person. That's not walking in love. Yeah, because they cheated on you, y'all should probably part ways. And that and that's just being wise. That's being wise. Like, you got to love and be wise at the same time. But that resentment you still have, when I say resentment, specific things are not wanting them to see happy, be happy with the next person. That's not love. That's not love. Um, you know... Not wanting them to necessarily like, obviously you probably don't want them to lose in life, but not wanting to see them win more. Those are all types of things that people typically can do. And they'll still be like, yeah, I always got love for them, but you really don't. You just not doing anything overtly rude or hurtful to them, but you still have a level of resentment. And I think that's what makes walking in love so difficult. It's like you still make that wise decision but you truly don't hold any like ill feelings. Like it's truly a level of maturity when that person wrongs you, right? The first level of maturity, I wouldn't say first level of maturity, the first level of honoring God mm-hmm. when someone wrongs you yeah, is making a wise decision and not making a decision fueled by revenge, right? So you make the wise decision, you separate that yourself from that person, or maybe you don't separate themselves, but you try to talk and communicate, right? Yeah. But the, I think the next level is as you go through each day, not having a negative perception on that person. I don't think love means I like love you. I think people be like, oh, I, I think can, it's really we, just not having we, a negative perception. We can simplify. We can simplify. It's, what you're really saying is an ability to forgive that person. And see, like, what, like, it's hard, but ultimately, like, it's an ability to forgive, like, and like, truly, like, separate the person and the evil that they've done. And I think that, like, that's kind of what's helped me. Like, you've heard people say, like, it's not the fight against the person, but it's a fight against. It's not a fight against people, but it's a fight against evil. You know what I mean? And I think that, like, um, it makes it a little easier to kind of like. Uh, not necessarily feel the need to retaliate and be able to forgive someone when you look at um, the wrong that they've done or the evil that they've done towards you as like something that's not a part of the God version of like who they are. Like if that person were functioning as the highest version of themselves, they wouldn't have that evil. That evil is separated from like who God made them to be. And like, I don't know, like like something that kind of helps me with that too is just like the realization of like, there's always empathy when you understand someone's full situation. Like if you were a cashier and you see somebody come like and just like be rude to the to, to you like or, or you see somebody like you know what I mean like be disrespectful like they might have had a bad day. Or like if you see somebody who's like dumb, disrespectful, dumb, evil or whatever, if you look at their life it's like if like like you'll if you truly looked at their full life spectrum, you would have empathy 
because you they probably their mom was probably dumb evil to them or their parents and then yeah. you're you know what I mean so it's like you got any like just knowing that like just knowing that like you may not understand but if you did you would empathize but ultimately that what you the evil that you see in that person is not truly them it's the it's the devil <laughs> exactly and I feel like most people are born like as a blank canvas and Unfortunately, the world kind of sculpts the way they view it and how they act and how they operate. Yeah. And most times, the people that hurt you are are close to you, right? It's kind of hard for someone to hurt you if you really don't know them. The person that cuts you in line in the store and says, F off, is like, all right, bro, something's wrong with you. I'm not... You didn't ruin my day, right? But when someone... So typically for you to be hurt, it has to be by someone that has some level of connection to you. It varies, right? It could be your girlfriend. It could be your best friend. It could be a work acquaintance. But there's usually a connection for you to feel like you were wronged. And I feel like because typically you know the person in some form or fashion, you can look at them and you can truly understand why they are that way if you decide to shift your focus from what they did to you and what you want to do back to them so you feel better or what they did to you or and you want to see happen to them. Even if you don't want to do it back to them, you want to see something negative happen to them so they feel the hurt and the remorse that you feel. But I think you'll really learn that leads to a bad cycle. Um, it's really going to be like you hurt them if you're revengeful, you go back and hurt them and now you've hurt someone that, that they love. And when you really realize most people are the way they are because of their circumstance, it allows you to still love them. And I think that's what we really need to understand is like there's a reason someone is the way they are. And typically, you just have to hope that if they don't have anybody around them to tell them that moving in that manner you're going to continue to hurt people or moving in that manner is toxic. You can only hope that like they get closer to God and God, cause God's going to teach them that lesson or you just got to really hope for the best. And sometimes you have to realize like hoping, understanding where they are. You hope that they improve, but that doesn't mean you have to be the person to help them improve. You know, sometimes it's just, it's that, that's just, counter counterproductive at the end of the day yeah i mean like yeah but that doesn't mean you're not loving them because you're not the one to step in and try to help them because if you're wise enough you know that you, you can't fix it only god can so that prayer probably did just as much as you know you, you gotta apply wisdom you gotta apply wisdom like like uh like there's times where maybe you can make a difference and then times where it's like you know, like it may, it may not be your your battle. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, like I mean, ultimately, like I just think that like that's like love is something that we gotta do. That like you and you just with all these different things, you, it's like you gotta be able to identify the difference. You gotta be able to say, all right, like as a believer, what makes what makes me different? Like, and in love, it's our ability to to love those who aren't who aren't 
nice, like being nice to those who are nice to us and loving those who don't necessarily love us back. And if you think about it, our ability to do that comes from a place of like being full and being whole. Like God loves us so much like that we have over an overflow of love to give an unbeliever, right? Approaches the world from a place of neediness and approaches the world from like needing that love because they don't have God's love. You know what I mean? So it's like, yo, like if you're not nice to me, like, yo, like, you know, I'm, I'm spazzing back. You know what I mean? Because I need that love. But as believers, it's like, look, I didn't need your love. Like, it's nice if you gave it to me, but I didn't need it. I got, I, I'm loved by God. You know what I mean? Ultimately, like, I'm, I have love to give. I'm not coming from a deficit. You know what I mean? And I think that that, like, um, you know, like, it just, it just, it makes, I think it makes a difference. For, uh, I think it makes a difference. But, yeah, like, ultimately, like, I just think that, like, um, a lot of us, and myself included, are, like, um, what the Bible calls uh, lukewarm. Meaning, like, what we described as, like, a casual Christian. It's so easy to fall into that bucket. So easy. You know what I mean? There's so many different ways you can fall in that bucket, right? But, like, we can't, we gotta, we gotta make a conscious effort to, like, be, like, active about it. You know what I mean? Our purpose is on the line. You know what I mean? Like, that people need you. There's something, there's, like, people we have to be to inspire, like, in the Bible it says, the world is waiting for the revealing of, like, God's children, you know what I mean? Like, there's a version of you that, like, when you get your mind aligned with, like, who God made you to be and where God wants you to be at that point, the world positively responds to it because that's who God made you to be and God made you to be a light. So when you functioning in faith, you functioning in love, you functioning in your purpose, you moving as a light. And everybody's, like, just just the world's functioning as it should, at least with you and by you doing that, you inspire more and more and more and more people to live life the same way. No, that that that's definitely, you know, hit hit the nail on the head. Everyone loves to be around. Some people just have good energy, and you, you want to be around that person. And it sounds like when you, you walk in your purpose, you have love, you have faith. No matter whether you're on your last dollar, you're on your millionth dollar, you lost a loved one you lost a job you're always gonna be that spirit that people enjoy being around and that's the perfect world They're like that's the idea is that like more and more and more people can function in that way we become lukewarm for various different reasons we get distracted we get discouraged different things happen but ultimately we gotta we gotta kind of stay fired up I, I definitely agree you definitely have to stay fired up, and I think maturity. You kind of have. Have you ever noticed that like, you always seems like your grandmother, your parent, somebody's always like your elder seems like the most fired up person about God, and I think it's experience is the biggest teacher. I feel like if you probably saw them at twenty one, eighteen, seventeen, you might not see them get there. So see them being that type of person. So it's also good to just know that this is like your constant work in progress and don't beat yourself up if yeah. you're not where you feel like you need to be or because it's not something that you can't change tomorrow. Just because I went a week and didn't read a Bible verse or watch a sermon and probably didn't have 
a prayer to God unless I, it was an emergency doesn't mean tomorrow you can't change because who really knows what your grandfather was doing who who might be the most holiest person in, the, in preaching in the crib and you know providing you with that guidance and that light but he could have been you but know, as but like one of the biggest things too. that is worth noting is that like um if like we if we repeatedly see the people above us like um like okay like when you were in when you were in, in high school right like you seen uh your like when you were a freshman, the seniors told you, yo, your grades are really important. I'm trying to tell you, your grades are really important. Even the dudes who got D's, like, yo, your grades are really important. And then you, and you would look at it like, mm, ah, whatever. And then you get to 12th grade, and then you say the same thing. You know what I mean? And then, like, we, then, and, and, and the cycle repeats itself with the, with the generation above you. We got to get to a point where we don't make the same mistakes as the, as the a generation above us. If our grandparents are saying, Yo, it took me a, a minute to kind of get realize how important having a relationship with God is. We don't we shouldn't have to wait until we become our grandparents' age to make that same realization. We should then say, you know what, I've lived life long enough to know these people above me who kind of like are having this like general consensus message may have some truth that I can apply now so I don't make those same mistakes that they did. You know what I mean? But ultimately, like you said, like there's God's grace. At the end of the day, like if we're if you're still alive. Like God can re renew your full situation, and the Bible literally says He'll um, restore the years that you lost. You know what I mean? Basically saying like, "Hey, like you got the information now. You know what I mean? It's okay if you didn't do it in the past. God, God's grace will allow for you to kind of like go get at it again. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if you're still alive, it's still it's still it's still uh, work to be done." <laughs>